Welcome to Vancouver True Crime. I'm Mark. I'm the host of the show, and I'm happy to be back with Narcissistic Survivor. Today, we're going to talk about the abuse and the long-term effects that children receive from parents that are narcissists and these other types of personality disorders that they really affect their children. From my observation, it's the children that do suffer the most. So thank you for coming back on the show. I'm, I'm really appreciative to have you back, Times 3. And the other shows have done really great. I've gotten lots of feedback. Thanks for having me back, Mark, uh, Times 3. We will do a few more of these and just spread some awareness on narcissists and narcissistic abuse and, and today's podcast talking about the effects on children. You know, children do suffer at the hand of their parents for a variety of reasons, right? But with the narcissist abuse, it's a different sort of thing, right? It's it's a, it's this different nuance because the parents, in my opinion, always want to pretend to be the most wonderful parents, the most loving, the most supportive, and the most out there. But really, either behind closed doors or even sometimes publicly, they can be quite awful. And then the children suffer greatly from it. And mostly I see is that they suffer from low self-esteem issues, anxiety, depression, and difficulty forming appropriate relationships that i mean realistically we're probably not going to be able to cover every aspect of it today no. but having a narcissistic parent sets you up to accept abuse in later adult relationships and i post on this subject a lot and most people they kind of come to understand that their childhood may have been less than ideal mm. after they have found themselves in a, an adult relationship with a narcissist, believe it or not, and it's and it's almost like a backwards journey mm -hmm. to connect those dots to right. the similarities between a parent that you just were. You know, you when you grow up, you think your your parent is mm -hmm. normal, or or that all parents are like this. You know, sure. kids don't know any different, right? Yeah, they know their their worldview is their worldview. Exactly. It's it's within your four walls. And it's mm -hmm. not until you get out of those four walls and experience other things in life mm -hmm. that you find that you have repeated patterns that have that you learned that you observed and experienced in your childhood. And most people are gobsmacked by that. They, they that is that is the biggest shocker that I often find um when when people discover that oh my gosh like my childhood wasn't as great as I thought it was. Like even like for mine for example like my mom I I I would put her more as a histonic a personality like really explosive love to cause scenes family gatherings you know uh, like a, I'll tell you a quick story it was pretty embarrassing. I, I was I haven't really talked to my mom in a in a, in a couple of years, well, maybe about a year, and then she just to kind of you know we're going to have to extend the olive branch with each other, and there was a big family reunion, so lots of family that I haven't seen since I was a little kid, and a lot of them haven't seen me since I was a little kid. So for for the first time they saw me was as a man. I was like twenty five, twenty six years old, and you know I spent a lot of time in the gym and sports, so I appeared very, very different than they remember me. So. You know, my aunts and people I haven't seen, oh, my God, Mark, you certainly look different and growing up and blah, blah. And every person that would come and say something, give me a compliment, my mom would make some kind of snide remark. Oh, he's like one of those meathead bodybuilders that you always complain about to my uh -huh. aunt. You're at AB just to create like some kind of stir. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, you know, you, can, you could never, ever, you know, use the filter, right? 
So and you know, and that's often part of it. Those those mm-hmm. low key snide remarks, yeah. and then they come back at you and say, "Oh, it was just a joke," or yeah, "You have such thin skin," or you know, stuff like that. And it's really designed to like undermine your self esteem, and that's rough when that's your mom, your parent, yeah. your ouch. And you can never really feel like you could ever be at ease with that person, you know, especially with your parents. When you're out, you're always thinking, oh, what's a big confrontation? An argument's yeah. going to happen. She's going to piss someone off, you know. Yeah. And, and so you're, you as a child, you know, looking back, I did find myself walking on eggshells a lot. It's probably the number one flat red flag when you're in a relationship with a narcissist is walking mm. on eggshells. Yes. A lot of people are maybe going to tie those two things together to their childhood because mm. growing up and, and never feeling safe, never feeling safe with your caregiver, that translates into adult relationships like nobody's business. For sure. So in your opinion, this is in your observations and your experience and stuff. Do you believe that, let's say, a, a child who grew up in a, for lack of a better term, a narcissistic household is more likely going to form a relationship with a narcissist later in life? Well, that's a large question. So mm. let me unpack it this way. So okay. I'll start with saying um, children who witness abuse, we're just talking, you know, abuse now, not narcissistic abuse. abuse. In general. General, Okay. Mm. One of two things happen, either that child grows up to get into an abusive relationship as an adult, Mm -hmm. or they become an abuser in their adult relationships. And that's the dynamic that you usually see. And I mean, you can usually guess which one, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the boys generally grow into the abusers historically, Mm -hmm. and the girls end up in, in abusive relationships. Although that, you know, that's not always the case, obviously, but but um, typically that's, that's how it works. Having a parent that's a narcissist, that's, that's a bigger subject because all manner of different things can happen um a lot of um and and it might be interesting for some people to to read about some of the stuff online that we talk about or you know take Mm -hmm. notes for later whatever i always recommend but kids can end up with behavioral and emotional issues when they're suffering from this kind of distress at home Mm -hmm. and and you mentioned a few of them anxiety and depression are just the tip of the iceberg Um, a lot of times uh, there are many many studies now that show adhd in boys in particular Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. directly linked back to domestic violence in the home wow interesting Oh, yeah. So Google that later for your reference, because boys are generally like, you know, it's sort of the old wives tale or whatever. Mm -hmm. Boys develop differently, different rates or whatever. So their their behavior stuff comes out more physically, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And girls tend to get... the other way they internalize more so they're the ones that end up with you know eating disorders or getting you know being really spaced out dissociating that's why and and this is why adhd is sort of harder to diagnose in girls because Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a whole different presentation but is it adhd or Mm -hmm. is it trauma what it really is is undiagnosed childhood trauma and developmental trauma as well and then you have other stuff too like attachment issues attachment disorders if you don't have a caregiver 
in your young years that you can become safe with, they're attuned to your needs and whatnot, mm-hmm. kind of like you were describing that sort of dynamic that wasn't there with your own mom. Mm-hmm. So you can probably relate to that, that oh, you guys sure, didn't absolutely. have like, right? And if you have like anxious attachment or insecure attachment, you can look up the different uh, attachment styles, you know, again, online for anybody who wants to read about attachment theory. Very true. And you end up in relationships with people who are um, emotionally unavailable, like your parent and, and all these other things, right? Yeah, the reason why I asked the question, because again, I am a big believer in like what they call the conditioning, right? Like if you, mm-hmm. if you're in a terrible situation, you become used to it. If you're in a great situation, yes. you become used to it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you grew up, people that weren't really empathetic and, you know, distance and cold, and then we talk about all the narcissistic abuse of mind games and the gaslight, you know, you're going to be used to that than to another person. So when that, when, when a partner does it, you're kind of, be, you're going to be more accepted. I just, it's just, is this some, I'm, talking about openly you're probably going to be more accepting of it as someone who's never experienced it right yeah take it to a whole different you know you know we're splitting hairs here so you look at this current situation of vancouver you know like the the how unsafe it's become the you know people on the sky train being stabbed or the buses and you know the, the constant horrible head granville like, street at granville night street, my god you know exactly like all, all and then most of them are young people and this is my point most of them are young people teen violence has gone up so i'm tr- i've been thinking a lot about wonder what's going on in these households right mm-hmm. these young teens what went wrong where they think that they can leave their house and do that type of behavior i'm sure if their mom got bear sprayed or stabbed randomly they'd be quite upset but it's okay to do it to someone else randomly right so something's going on so there's some kind of detachment so i'm wondering maybe because of the pandemic and then some of these households are a little bit on the toxic side and everyone's trapped under one roof and kind of make everyone crazy you see where i'm going it's I've noticed that myself and it's not just Vancouver it's it's almost everywhere that that people being locked down like that it you can look this up too the rates of domestic violence during the were actually insane insane it was like literally like you said like a pressure cooker just everybody just just lock down in their house if you can imagine like just thinking about it gives me chills for sure like you know again you know people before the pandemic had you know they had their jobs they had their routines and then let's say there are two people under the house that are maybe having some difficulty in the relationship but they can manage because they spend 10 hours apart from each other yeah now they're spending each and every moment with each other plus maybe their jobs been affected because of the you know the pandemic or maybe you know there's a, there were, there was a lot of reasons why this affected households um sure. you said something about what's going on in these people's households yeah exactly. and you know what that's the question that nobody mm-hmm. asks mm-hmm. and and quite frankly even if they did ask there are no real resources or supports for people who are struggling single moms struggling under you know leaving an abuser and then you end up in poverty so you've literally jumped from the frying pan into the fire so now your kid is going out and shoplifting and Mm -hmm. you know selling weed buy himself a pair of shoes right? right it's all these things are so so related it's Mm -hmm. it's not rocket science but but yet there's no there's no real solution government intervention it's brutal 
And as you probably know, as clearly as I do, the mental health, and we're talking about Metro Vancouver, you know, Vancouver, Burnaby, Surrey, New West, right? The main, yeah. you know, the main area, the yeah. mental health services are completely broken down, overrun um, with the also combination with mental health issues, the uh, drug addiction issues, yep. and just the pandemic. There, it's almost like the system is broken down to get to these other things that, that are important, right? There, when households break down and then kids become juvenile delinquents and just are out the hell-bent to destroy and cause destruction and harm and hurt to the community, everyone pays a price for that, right? You're yeah, because they've been safe. hurt, right? Yeah. They, yeah. They've been hurt at, at home, 99 out of 100 times they had some shit going on at home that was that would curl your hair and i had kids yeah exactly you know once you get to know these kids they're they're good kids they're they're not they're not bad kids they need help they need support they need someone to listen to them to believe in them mentorship Um, some of those stories are are so sad to be yeah. honest and i know from it would just break your heart and yeah. i had a lot of kids you know i take them to the gym and stuff and i had great relationship and yeah even the bad kids once you get to know them they break their you know they break their shell and they yep. come out of their shell and stuff my only inte- my only time where i'll be kind of nasty with them when i feel bad intentions from them yeah for a sure for them and then they're saying something like for example i was walking across the store walking to the store like a few blocks from my house and there was like three of them in their ninja outfits and they're saying something across the street and I guess because you know I don't have any hair they were screaming at me saying I look like Andrew Tate right and uh you know but they I could tell they were trying to work themselves up to something right yeah and I, you know I just let them know like hey it's it's not going to work out in your favor and I don't want you kids to wake up in the hospital so just just walk away just honestly and you do not away. look like Andrew Tate yeah. Sorry. I know, but they were just trying to cause much something. Much beefier you know I mean? than Andrew Tate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Much cooler, too. But, like, yeah, you know, sure, they just want to beak off or start yeah. shit sometimes or whatever. But it's it's funny because you will always, if you just observe for a minute, and you've mm-hmm. probably done this, mm-hmm. um, if you just watch them for a minute, you'll see the leader of the pack. Oh, you, totally. You'll be yes. able to yes. pick them out. Yeah. Like, And the other kids, the disenfranchised kids, mm-hmm. the kids that have no... This is how gangs sort of get started. Yeah, literally. Like, what I'm saying. A lot of them were being yeah. recruited, too. Like, even locally, like this situation I was talking about. Because I got, I got to know some of them. And sure enough, they they had, you know, gangsters in the background trying to get them to sell these tobacco vapes. It's kind of like their introductory product. And I just said to them straight up, do you know that 90% of people that get busted is because they get ratted on? So no matter how good of a drug dealer you think you're going to be, 90% of the time when you go down, it's because someone ratted on you. So think about that. Think about, you know, all the when you do that, right? So I've had some pretty tough conversations with them, you know, that yeah. type of conversation. One of your kids brings home the bad kid, you know, yeah. I'm using air quotes. They bring mm-hmm. home the bad kid and, you you know, after they go home, you're like, oh, I don't want you hanging out with someone. So they're this and that and the other thing and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know what? You could change that kid's life just by yeah. being a, yeah. a decent person, being sort of a mentor or a p- yeah. parental figure. Mm-hmm. So think twice about the kind of stuff that you're putting out into into the world. You know, help, help somebody out. It doesn't cost you anything. 
Yeah, and like you said, a lot of times these kids are just simply lost. They have no parenting figures, as That's we were right. talking about in the beginning of the show. And this is yeah. why I wanted to talk on the subject because, again, it's at home. It really does, it right? Does. And, yeah. And then these kids, you know, they become lost. They become violent or stupid or get involved in crime or whatever, right? Yeah. And and all because a parent is neglectful. And, and it's too wrapped up in their own self. That, or often they are so overwhelmed, they're experiencing uh, abuse, domestic violence at home, being a two-parent household. But when yeah. you are, when your partner is abusing you, it really takes away from your ability to be a good parent. And that's oh, something oh, that yeah. people don't talk about. And then, and then, you know, people are like, well, why don't you leave? Well, yes. we're, first of all, where are you going to go? Are you right. going to go to a shelter? There's a yeah, pretty good chance. This person, and it's not an easy right? thing. Hey, I'm going to pack up and go and your whole life. Right. And then what? And then you get no child support. What are you supposed to live on? Where are you going to rent? How are you going to live? Feed your kids, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you, and then you enter the cycle of poverty. So what yes. what are your choices really at, at that point? You're just kind of in sur- survival mode, really, everybody is. Well, I'll give, I'll give you an example. Like I remember when I was, this was like in my um, tw- early, mid-20s, 24, 25. I think I was like 24. And I was living with my girlfriend. We lived in, uh, and the owners of the house lived above us, right? And we, my, mm-hmm. my girlfriend got along with, with the uh, the wife, the mother, and they had three beautiful daughters that were like early teens and stuff. And they were so happy during the day, you know, doing stuff together. And, and my girlfriend would be up there all the time, you know, baking with them, cooking, doing stuff. And wow. one time she's up there. And it's around like say about five o'clock, and she looks at the clock because I guess they were having a good time and chit chatting, and you know uh, just having a you know fun afternoon together. Oh no! Yeah, and looked at the clock. Oh no, he's gonna be home soon. She started getting like my way she described it. She yeah. started having like almost like a, an anxiety attack. Started grabbing yeah. potatoes really fast, and she's like, "What's going on? Do you want me to help you?" No, no, it's okay. I just I just have to have just dinner ready when he comes home, and it's like yeah. And then and then you know what? Ever since that to that guy, because I always thought he was a loser. He was like this guy had like long hair and he would dye it like he tried to be like some kind of cool surfer dude but he wasn't like he'd he'd dye his hair like he'd dye his hair blonde but he had all these like dark roots and stuff so he looked kind of this like like kind of like a sketchy kind of method (laughs) and 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 so ever since that i was so rude to him and i just like i would barely talk to him like i just wanted him to feel me like you know what i mean i never heard them argue and stuff but the way she described like the look on her face and the fear oh i don't have his potatoes ready when he gets home it's like oh my god like like that's awful that's coercive control. And yeah. that's how you control somebody without laying a finger on them. See, when people think about domestic violence, they think, mm. I mean, people often are getting physically beaten yeah. daily. And that's the, that's the physical manifestation yeah. of, of that. But you and I were talking before you hit the record button and, and narcissistic abuse is often, way more subtle like i yeah, i've had mental. so many people right it's mental yeah. abuse yeah. psychological warfare like yeah. the movie anybody who's interested watch that movie that's right. where the saying comes from somebody yeah. that is literally fucking with your head oh totally and and the thing is is like like we were talking to another one I feel that a lot of these people, they have so much practice at it. Like they've been doing it since they were probably like 15 or in their, in their teens, right? So right. they're in their 30s or 40s. You know, yeah. this is their craft. This is their. You perfected you know, it by then. Yeah. Absolutely. You're good you know? at it. 
yeah and deal with because generally speking when you deal with i mean i'm used to generally people that say, oh, is there a problem okay yeah you did this or did that and you kind of discuss it and then maybe it's not the most pleasant conversation but you're you're getting through it together you're trying to solve something with them it's sort of like it's it's like you don't even know really what the problem is but there is a problem and they're they're making you pay for it right you know and it's often a manufactured and inventive pro invented problem or just another way to mess with your mind right um period so in the extreme like we're talking like you know this maybe this is a hard thing to speculate on maybe this is another conversation for another time like let's say like in the states for example where where we're talking about the most extreme thing a kid can do is like a school shooting i'm i'm interested in, in in wondering like are the are those narcissistic households like, what would take a kid to do something of that? Ex- and I remember there was this one in the UCLA, and he was like some incel, and he wrote some manifesto, detailed. And and, the, and this kid was definitely on the narcissist scale because he just felt that he was entitled to so much. And because he didn't get what he was entitled to, including girls and girls being attracted to him because he was a rich kid and he had a BMW. And he didn't understand why girls weren't just, you know, throwing themselves at him. Yeah, why well, wasn't getting so laid. Yeah, so he decided to yeah. shoot up the the campus, right? Yeah, but but the, the, it's and then I'm, I'm I'm thankful and I'm grateful that we don't have the same phenomenon in Canada. Plus, we you know we have our gun laws are don't make it as accessible. But still, though, right? This is like a, a pretty horrific action that is beyond you know monstrous. And then you wonder like, what was the root that chain of events, so to speak, that started that? Did it start in early childhood with the parent? You know what I mean? Like, it, and I bet it would. It always does, like 99.9% of the time. And I mean, that that would be interesting to dig into a few of these cases, because some of them are a bit different. Yeah. Um, and I have not particularly studied any of them in great detail enough to comment on, you know, specific ones. Columbine sticks out, too. But yeah, I mean, there's that, just been so many. Sandy Hook one. That one's a strange yeah. one, too, because yeah. that mom did seem like an enabler. The kid... Yes. Yeah, she bought her kid the AR-15. Gee, what could go wrong? You have an autistic kid who's not very well adjusted. It's buying a you know a semi-automatic weapon and a hundred rounds of ammunition. What could go wrong, right? And it's interesting because I mean, human behavior does follow certain patterns. It's not Mm. this mysterious entity that that people can't figure out i mean if you go online and you read about some of these cases Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to see the patterns yourself you know single mom or poverty or or you know any number of of things domestic violence but when you mentioned about incels they are particularly violent that's known they have a sense of entitlement like all abusive men do and i'm going to use the term men here uh, because men often feel like you mentioned with incels it's the Mm. same as abusers they feel entitled to their wives and children, they feel entitled to women's labor, etc. So when those things are taken away, suddenly, they get angry. That's just a pattern that that plays out all over the place all the time. The other the other thing about shootings, and I'm not talking necessarily about school shootings here, but most of the mass shootings, most of the mass shootings in the United States of America have been perpetrated mm-hmm. by men who have a history mm-hmm. of domestic violence. Oh, wow. Interesting. You didn't know that? Yes, sir. 
Well, I'm not some children that are affected in these homes, right? Like, like I'll tell you another quick story about my mom. My mom would create, like, as I'm saying, she would create like these these stupid, like, better word, shit storms over nothing. Yeah. So my yeah. mom had a prize lilac bush that was her. Oh, you know, it was the most beautiful lilac bush in the history of lilac bushes, right? And there was a Japanese lady that lived next door. Uh-huh. And she was walking by and she looked at them. I didn't see her pick it. She was just looking at it. And and my mom made a World War Three with her and all of the neighbors accusing her of stealing the lilacs. And not only just stealing the lilacs, but the, the nicest bloom on the whole thing. And, and yeah. Japanese people, there's a thing called saving face. When you accuse a Japanese person of doing something they didn't do, they're just as ashamed if they did it because they look at it as like... If you think that I'm such a low person to do something like that, I, yeah. you know what I mean? That 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 yeah. is a huge thing in their culture. And all the neighbors are coming to my mom and say, oh, she would never do that. And, you know, all she had, she had the entire neighborhood groveling to her for, and, I, and I'm thinking, what a power trip. Even I was like a right? little, thinking, look, what a power trip sitting there on her throne and the neighbors coming. Oh, Mako would never do that. We oh know my God. And the Japanese culture is so, known for being like so polite and yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. and oh my God. And the thing wow. is, I was there, she just looked at it and then she just walked away. And then, and then it was like, oh, and then my, my mom's crazy head, she was just there with, with like cheers and just cutting cheers. off branches and, you know, making oh this my God. Yeah, it was insane. It was totally insane. Yeah. But you do that kind of stuff all the time yep. and create just conflict over, you know, over nothing. They do. And that's where the, com- the walking on eggshells literally comes from because you, you don't know what is going to set this person off at the end of the day. It literally could be anything. It could be some, a thought that they've had. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just whatever, whatever whim possesses them at the time. And they feel like, you know, causing a stir and, and that's what they do. And, and everyone bows to them and cowards. Yeah, and that drove me nuts. Seeing everyone, yeah. you know, like catering. Oh, she would never do that. <laughs> right. Just oh trying to boy. keep the peace. You do yeah. anything and everything. You just yeah. throw everything at this person just to get them to calm down mm-hmm. and to stop their rage attack. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, I know. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. And then for me, anytime like there was parent teacher night or anything that involved other parents and kids, I always, you know, I was always like fingers crossed. Okay, she's not going to say or do anything crazy. Please don't. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh. So, yeah. And then I yeah. wonder how that affected my relationships, you know, in the future. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and that's up to every person to kind of backtrack. And, yeah. you know, you once you start understanding narcissism and and kind of what it looks like, the the patterns of abuse, you know, and how you grew up, you can kind of backtrack your own life and make yeah. those connections yourself. Right. Right. And you can look back and you say, oh, my God, that's kind of how my first girlfriend was like or whatever. Or, oh, my God, I acted like that, you know, at a certain period in my life. Or, you know what I mean? You can kind of be your own, right, your own therapist. For sure. So then then what I want to ask you then is what do you feel is the biggest impact that narcissists have on their kids? I mean, which end of the scale, the lowest? Well, well generally, like, kind of, maybe, like, maybe like the most common, like known things like uh, doctors, like, you know, that like for me, I feel that the biggest thing that narcissists do their kids, they destroy their self-esteem. 
They do. They do. And uh, the things that came to mind right away were the attachment issues. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to struggle with attachment in your later relationships. Um, when kids are younger, like we talked about in the, in the beginning, the, the behavioral and emotional issues, like things like ODD, oppositional defiant disorder, things right. like that, disassociation, mm -hmm. you know, these, these type of mental health disorders. And then you can go up the spectrum to having complex PTSD or, or yeah. PTSD diagnosis. You know what a thing I hear a lot about? So basically, this is, this is a scenario I hear a lot about that gets repeated a lot in different scenarios where the dad's a narcissist, right? Everyone's yeah, that's the most that. common. Most more yeah. narcissists are male than yeah. female, like at least that are four to one mm -hmm. at last count. So the dad's a narcissist, and then let's say like the the oldest daughter. Let's say there's a bunch of kids. The oldest daughter. I heard a lot of times the the, the dad, and not necessarily he's doing anything sexual or grooming, but it's almost like the oldest daughter becomes a second wife. The golden you cater child. To me, cater to me. You make my yeah. lunch. Make do this. I need your help for getting an appointment. You gotta, you know, yeah, like that. I've I've seen that a lot. That's very common, actually. I can see that in my own uh, situation with my kids. The oldest daughter is is favored and it's the golden child dynamic right. at that point. And it's the same with sons too. If you have a son or a daughter, the son is often heavily, heavily favored. The girl child is the subservient one, you know, cooking and cleaning and whatnot. And, right. Being and catering. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Again, with my situation, my brother was a golden child. He couldn't do anything wrong, even though he was the hellion. And yep, then I felt yep. that because my mom didn't have as much, had more control over me and had zero control over him. So he, she took her, took it out on me because yep, she still had control both. over me. Right. I was yep. seven years younger. Right. Yeah. So that caused a lot of resentment, seeing someone literally get away with murder and then you can't yep. do anything without the most severest of punishments. Well, and that's usually if there's more than, if there's only two kids that usually all, the golden child usually holds that position for forever unless they do something, they have to like just about murder someone to, right. to come out of that role. And sometimes not even then. Um, but the, the second child is, goes between the scapegoat or, or the forgotten child. They're just like, they're just kind of there in the house. Um, if there's more than one child, it's the, the golden child. Uh, forgotten child scapegoat dynamic. So the scapegoat gets all the uh, gets all the heat and the shit for the family, for sure. just like you did, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally agree with you, and and uh, it's definitely um, scary world out there. It really is, and it totally and is, especially with they you know again back to these kids. It's like one are they they're kind of perpetuating a scary world but they don't understand the full consequences of it and but how again, can they they can't it, yeah and it, they're it not developmentally down, there yet they no. cannot they cannot understand no and what it comes down to is the responsibility of the adults the parents and our society like for example like how many bear springs have you heard and then they make a report that oh we're considering not allowing kids to buy bear spray anymore are we really that slow to kind of get ahead of stuff? Like I went on oh, a yeah. New York podcast yesterday and I had, and then there, the person's co-host was uh, from Toronto and this guy is from New York and his brother's an NYPD cop. Wow. And I'm telling horror story. Yeah. I'm telling horror story after horror story in Vancouver. And they're just like, what? 
Like, really? you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the violence, the stabbings, the, and I'm saying, and most of the time that it's kids too. And yeah. then they're, and yeah. they're like, what? They're bear spraying everyone. I'm like, yeah. And they're thinking of maybe not letting them buy it anymore. Thinking. Yeah. About it's it. wild, right? Wild. You know? And like I mean, that. I knew kids like that. I Kids like that were in my house wow. with their bear spray fucking canisters. You yeah, know what I I'm know. saying? I had to see some too. And I told them, I go, if I see this shit, I'm throwing it out of the house. And I, and yeah. I, even, said to, I even said to one kid, I go, just to let you know, if you mm-hmm. didn't know me and you bear sprayed me, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just think about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And, do you, and do you think you can carry it with you everywhere you go? And they did a lot of times. And you know what? Some of the kids that were most afraid were most afraid of, of the other kids. And yeah, they yeah, carried it for No, And the kids suffer. And now, nowadays, before we like hang up here, mm-hmm. like you were out, you ask something, you say things and they just trigger me, like trigger my thoughts. But like you were asking what's, what's going on? What's the dynamic these days? Mm-hmm. Well, tinder how about that i've heard of people going on tinder you know meeting up for like a fuck and then they're having a kid and they don't even know who the have you not heard this well you know just a tinder hookup where you call it i think it's called stealthing or something where they slip and that too yeah yeah, 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 that's rape. Like that is yeah, rape. Yeah. Man. That is not. That is non-consensual sex. Yeah, and that's no. become very common. You know, and yeah, and even- you know, I and that's one thing I want to get into too down the road is like you know, online predators and stuff because I think yeah. I think I in my opinion I think even for men too, but more so for women. Yeah, is that it's probably the most dangerous time to do online dating. No thanks. Yeah, I'm good. You know, after what I've seen and experienced in my life and the stories that I hear every single day. No, thank you. No fucking thank you. Yeah, Yeah. it's a tough world out there. And this is what's sad about it, too, because, again, there don't seem to be any accountability. And and there's no and then the system I'm talking about the B.C. system. The BC system is beyond broken. Like beyond, it is. And, and, and when I was a teenager, right, and maybe we were a little bit smarter, but we didn't want to do stuff that was going to get us caught. We'd call it being a yeah. heat score, right? And, heat and score. Yeah, and if yes. we wanted to do something, if we wanted to do something for the spectacle, but we got the dumb kids to do it and then played innocent. Oh, I didn't know anything. You know yeah. what I mean? But these yeah. kids, you know, they do violent actions, they film it, and then they post it and they bust themselves. Yeah. They want the yeah. views and the like. The, the yeah. admiration from doing the action is more important than than them getting caught, right? And it so- is, and it's and it's for the likes. It's for the social media, yeah, and that's another the- social phenomena that is new and wasn't around when you and I. My God, like, can you imagine the stuff that we grew up doing, and and yeah. and it was on film. Jesus, yeah. oh God. Yeah, I'm, right? glad, I'm glad when I was growing up, there was no record Same. of all the <laughs> oh my all God. stupid stuff yeah, I've done. A hundred percent. But anyway, like I have to run now. Okay. Are well, we uh, spending the time with me? Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love, uh, um, you know, I love shooting the shit with you and we end up in really good conversations. So for sure. Absolutely. We'll do it again. You know? All no? right. Well, have a good night and thank you for spending time with me. We'll do it again shortly. Okay, I love talking to you. Thanks, Mark, for having me again. Okay, you take care. Bye. See you, bye.